buscado un mejor destino para ti, lo que viniera de ti. Welcome to the Inside the Journey podcast. This is episode number 57 for Sunday, June 15th, 2014. I'm Nelson DeWitt. And I'm John Younger. And we are the creative team behind the upcoming documentary film, Identifying Nelson Buscando a Roberto. To learn more about the film and sign up for updates, head on over to inbarfilm.com. That's I-N-B-A-R-Film.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out The Advocate Experience. This is a program we've been running for a few months where you can actually help us shape the film. You get access to behind-the-scenes material, special updates every two weeks, and opportunities to provide feedback on our work. We have a great group of people already participating, and if you're at all interested, we would love for you to be a part of it. Click on The Advocate Experience to learn more. This week, we have a very special Camp Day edition of the podcast where I interview three of my former counselors. Camp Frank A. Day played a huge role in my life, and it's where John and I first met. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome, everyone. My guests today are John Younger. We also have with us Curtis Faison and Josh Lieberman. And the three of them were my camp counselors during my uh, six-year run as a camper at Camp Frank A. Day. So I invited them on today to talk a little bit about what they remember about me as a camper and then what it was like for them learning of the news of uh, my pretty incredible reunion with my Brick family. So we're going to reminisce a little bit today and then talk about what uh, their experiences have been with my story. Why don't we start, uh, we'll start at the beginning. John, you were my first camp counselor and uh, you, you tell a story that uh, we've mentioned here before but maybe you could just give a brief overview of uh, the what you remember about me as a camper and then we'll move on to Curtis who was my my junior counselor and then we'll go to uh, Josh who is my senior counselor all right I'm John I usually introduce myself at the, end of the beginning of the podcast right the story that I like to tell, I mean, I have a couple of stories that I remember about you, but the one I've shared previously at events we've done and with you and, and like that is probably my strongest memory of, of you that year, uh, which was my last year and your first year was visiting day of that year when the families come at the two week break and just check in and, and do some fun stuff with their kids and, and get to share what they've been doing. And your family came. And, uh, like there are seven or eight kids in the, in the cabin and your family came along with the others. And I remember, you know, I had met them previously. So I knew that you were adopted because you were of a different race than, than your family. So one thing I, I remember clearly was how, when Derek showed up, your little brother was like three or four and like half your size. And, uh, he was so happy to see you. And he, I remember him grabbing your finger at the beginning of the day. Like you were sort of the, you know, you were seven or eight and your friends were there. So you wasn't, you weren't going to hold his hand per se, but he grabbed your finger and he did not let go. I, I would imagine except to like eat or swim or something. But every time I saw you together, he was holding that finger. And, uh, 
And I remember thinking at the time, wow, I've got two brothers and I don't think we'd be that kind to each other. <laughs> so it just, uh, it, it showed me a little something about the meaning of brotherhood. And, uh, and I remember when we, when I told you that story, like a couple of weeks later, you went up to your folks house in New Hampshire and, uh, and we talked on the phone and you said, Hey, look at the, look at the Dropbox or something. And you, you sent me the picture and it turned out you had a picture of you and Derek <clears throat> and it was in that exact same pose. Like he was holding your finger. And so I wasn't just making it up. <laughs> so anyway, that's, that's my story. And, uh, and I think it's kind of an interesting we try and bring it to the documentary a little bit because the documentary is a lot about what, what is family really. It's good to be here with Josh and Curtis and, and uh, I'm looking forward to what they got to say too. Yeah. And, and, you know, in the film, one of the things we try and make a point of is that I had this sort of normal American life and that's kind of what I want to uh, talk about today. What, what the three of you remember about me as a, as a kid. So Curtis, I, I, I actually have a lot of memories about being your camper. Um, some of them weren't so good, uh, but I'm sure. And I mean, I'm like sure. I, I was not. You were great. I probably was not so great. <laughs> you won't get no, into that. I. Um, it was a long time ago, and um, <laughs> I was definitely immature for the role that I had as a as a counselor. Me too. <laughs> and I, you know, I really, you really have to think about other people, and it's hard when you're that age because you're you're not a lot of yourself, so you're thinking a lot about yourself. But anyway, I mean, I, I'm just really excited to be part of this today. Um, it's, you know, it's neat to be part of a creative, artistic project, and, I, and everything that's going on with it is, is great. And it's also so cool that it's camp, and I kind of. I have a very short camp history personally, except my family and my wife and my my in-laws obviously uh, have a huge role with the camp, and it's just and I'm really fortunate to have to be in marrying Amy McKnight Hazen to be back in with camp with something that I may not have been able to to get back to independently, but. As your counselor, and this was in cabin eight or cabin nine? Yeah, I think it was cabin nine. Cabin nine, okay. So in terms of your very typical American upbringing, I think of uh, one of the things that you wrote in your mother's book, was mentioned in your mother's book on the flight to, and this is years later, but on the flight down to El Salvador, you didn't have your good headphones. You had your bad headphones, and this was a long flight and a lot of travel, and you wanted to listen to your music, but you left them at school, so they were locked away for the during the vacation period when you were going to be traveling down. And I just think that is that is just an awesome American childhood anecdote. Any any high school kid can can really sympathize in, with that predicament. But what I was going to mention about being in that in that cabin in terms of getting to know you and it's, and it's also a, a physical detail and this is myself as someone who wears glasses and contact lenses you had right you had the glasses right yeah you know and like <laughs> there's a lot wrapped up in that he had some great glasses 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're like, they're of the... They're like the, army glasses. <laughs> yeah, they were, they, they had to be indestructible because you were a rugged young guy, you know? And that's what I'm, that's what, that's the point I want to make, is that you were, I, I mean, I'm trying to get to know you. Camp was, camp was an amazing place in terms of the diversity of, of campers. And the and the and the history and just the, uh, an amazing spectrum of people. That's how I felt when I was there. And, and I mean, even uh, and just all just so many different different stories. And to be in one place, a lot of camps can be pretty can cater to sort of one um, one one clientele. And, and Camp Day was amazing in terms of the, the cross section of people, but getting to know you as a camper, you were athletic. And so that, those like the glasses were, were a totally non-issue. You were athletic. You were very quiet, at least seemingly so, but you were on, when any time there was sports, you were a hundred percent into it. And you, I also remember you as being, compared to the other campers in the cabin, being, being bigger, stockier, fuller, being fuller than, um, the other guys, not necessarily taller, but but sturdy, well built, and uh, and very athletic. So I really that really stands out to me. And I remember um, your and then when I saw that your brother was Derek, obviously I knew there was more, there was some history there. There was there was there was obviously there was there was a story there. Which I didn't know at the time, and then later I heard about the story at one of Dick and Sonya's Christmas party. You were there. Your mother's book had just been published, so you gave a copy to Dick and Sonia, and you wrote in the inscription, "Thank you for contributing to the Kickstarter campaign." And there was a postcard for the uh, for the film in the book, and um, you know, so I saw it then. And I didn't get to read it for maybe a year or two later, but. It was something that I that I wanted to do, and and then to see you again at the Camp Day reunion uh, this past October it was really neat. How these all these things came back together. I had completely forgotten about the headphone story, but that rings a bell. I I remember that that sounds like something that that happened when I was going on that trip, that reunion. All right, so uh, Josh, I'd love to hear. What you remember about the uh, about me as a camper? Um, I had Josh as my counselor, my very last year as a camper, and it was also the year that I was reunited with my birth family. And my parents had found out about uh, my my adoptive parents had found out about my birth parents while I was at camp, and they didn't tell me till I got home. But that last summer was quite memorable. Uh, yes, it definitely was. Um, so, ten one is your last summer as a camper at camp, and as your counselor, I always felt the need to make it the best summer for any camper. And the thing I remember about Nelson, funny that uh, Curtis mentioned headphones, who shows up to the first day of camp with jeans on and headphones, and that would be Mr. Nelson. Um, <laughs> 90 degree heat and he's wearing jeans and I could not understand why this camper would the camp style. 
Um, but on a personal note, I knew Nelson from six years ago, and my sister is also adopted, so I kind of do have, I guess, a little place, you know, in my heart for children that definitely come from different families and uh, do come to America. And uh, but I guess the bottom line is that no one needs to be treated any differently, and you know, and that definitely. Uh, something that I hold near and dear to my heart. Um, but something I do remember about you, Nelson, that is although you were very athletic and were definitely a, and you probably still are a natural leader, um, it's that you always kind of paid attention to the underdog. Um, mm. So maybe the less fortunate campers or the less popular kids, you've always found a way to include them. And, which at that age is a very mature thing to do, and it's uh, it's, it's just natural to you. You're a very inclusive person, you still are, and um, you know some some of the crazy things we can run. You know whether it's the crazy air bands or it was just nice to see you slowly those layers of the jeans and headphones went away, and by the end of the summer, you know you're running around in shorts. Um, not wanting to leave, and uh, but I do believe because uh, I do remember talking to someone that you were going to meet your birth family that right after the summer. I, I don't remember if it was your parents or if Dick had told me, and that I was supposed to be extra sensitive to your needs. Or but you know, again, you proved to be a natural leader, and you were ready to face what was ever coming. It, it was quite a surprise, I'll say that, to uh, to come home to that news. And um, I know for me personally, it really turned my world upside down for a few years, and it took me a long time to get to know this other family and come to an understanding about what happened in Central America and why I ended up in the U.S. And so... For the rest of the podcast, I'd like to talk a little bit about the the change that you've witnessed uh, in me from the time that I was a camper until now, and and the difference being the reunion that now I've met my family and what the you know the the story was obviously very shocking to me. So how did you each react when you? found out about my my past. And again, we'll start with John. Well, okay. Um, how did it change? Well, I mean, I, I guess there was a large gap between when I knew you and when we got back together and started working together, right? And I only knew you as an eight-year-old. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so... I, you didn't I, really know me. Well, I mean, I, I did, and I, I mean, I knew you as an eight-year-old, and that's an interesting perspective to have, you know. However, um, I didn't see the change in what it was like for you to go through it and stuff, but, of course, we've talked a lot about it. I don't know. I, I, I think I'll focus on one particular aspect of it, which is something that I think we focus on in the film, which is uh, which I think should be brought up in this topic, which is that one part of, I think, accepting this change and, and and coming to terms with it for you has been realizing there's all these people on the other side of this change, right? Like it's something we deal with and we've, we've 
you know, the first part of the film that we showed a lot of people like, okay, it was one thing for you, but it was something entirely different for your relatives that had been looking for you all this time. Like here you were leading this quote unquote normal American life. And to them during that time, it was a 14 year period of not knowing anything, like not knowing if you were alive, not knowing if uh, you were, I mean, a lot of children who disappeared in that war lived very difficult circumstances for a long time, didn't find loving homes. Um, and, you know, we've seen interviews with your grandmother where that's all she wanted for you was to know, even if she never got to meet you, it was just to know that you were loved and taken care of. So I guess that's, I don't know if it answers your question, but that's, it's something I wanted to bring up on this subject matter, you know? Yeah, I, I think that my, you know, part of the reunion for me wasn't just meeting my family, but it was getting to know the circumstances in which I was separated and, and what my birth family had to go through. So, yeah, I think that's very relevant. Mm -hmm. um, how, about, how about you, Curtis? You touched upon, you know, the your memory of learning about the story is at Dick and Sonia's house during the Christmas party when I gave them the book. And then as you read the book and then you saw the film, how did that change your perspective on our sort of relationship from when we were a uh, camper counselor? Uh, well, the, yeah, the heartbreaking side of it, I think, for me is, is um, there's the whole, there's the reunion with your family in El Salvador or in Costa Rica. Um, and that's an amazing piece. And when that was happening, and, and again, I wasn't there, so I the, the the details I I got some of that from reading your your mother's book here. But it it's uh, I guess what touches me is like the strain on the dynamic as you had such a as John described the relationship with Derek. Some of it was some of it maybe we can see as the reunion. So reconnect with your family, your biological family, and then also becoming uh, so that adolescent period, and then becoming becoming um, a man, really, right? A young man, and then a man, and so the kind of the story from here on is is sort of your relationship with Derek now, right? Because you had a you have a great. Uh, relationship with your brother and 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 some of that is you know one as you grow up you're not going to live in the same house anymore um you're not gonna you may not even live in the same state or the same country um so i'm just i'm kind of curious how some of it is 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 what happened that you found you had a you, you found your biological family and there was and that was that was that was nerve-wracking if for Derek and your, your 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 family here to think about you know how the what the new dynamic is going to be, but then there's also you now you have to go out on your own anyway as 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 a as a man and 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 working with this project. You grow up quickly. I feel like when something of that magnitude happens, because you have to you your I don't want to say responsible for it, but you are interacting with so many more people and you mean so much more to, to these people, you know. So as John was pointing out, 
my to my family, I wasn't around for 14 years, and then to to sort of be thrown into that and to have to be this not have to be, but you're this person who they've been searching for and they want to get to know, and and there's uh, some sort of maturity that that comes with that, I think. And then finally, why don't we? We finish up with Josh, uh, last but not least. And I think, Josh, you probably have one of the most interesting perspectives because you knew me right around the time that I was reunited. But then also we worked together for several years afterwards. And you also got to meet several members of my family w when they were up to visit. So I'd, I'd love to hear about your perspective. Uh, yes, I've been uh, very lucky to observe you grow and and I don't think I appreciated it at the time. Um, it, it is such a unique perspective to see um, your 16-year-old teenager who's faced with all these decisions and choices. And, um, and like you said, either you could be mature and step up to the situation, or you could have gone another route. And um, you clearly went in the right direction. Uh, so yes, you we did work together, and you became my assistant. So we became very close. And during those years, I I, I really want to say that you as a person were, um, you know, always kind. But your interests were technology. You made up the uh, scoring computer-based scoring system for the Black Race. Um, <laughs> yep. As time came on, and I and I kind of want to say as you became more comfortable with everything going on, you definitely came out of your shell. Um, the Nelson, the athletic Nelson was still there, but there was another piece to you, and the more creative side of you came out. And clearly with your art show and whatever else is coming up, it definitely showed. Um, and then one summer we did get to work with Ernesto at camp, which was such an amazing experience. Um, to see him kind of grow as you did, and so you know he only had two months with us to to grow, but like to blossom into uh, one of the stars of the X Men film. <laughs> um, but to feel comfortable speaking <laughs> English around your friends and. Um, to do whatever we asked of him to do in such a strange world to him, um, I think all came because of your nurturing me. You're just a nurturing person as a family member, as a brother. Um, and to see you grow like that as a literally a young, responsible adult was tremendous. And um, it all then started to sink in that this person, Nelson, didn't only grew up in Newton and that was his life. He had a whole nother identity to him that mm. we're slowly beginning to understand. We lost Nelson for a little bit, so I'm going to uh, wrap things up with this. But uh, it's been 20 years since I've seen you, Josh, probably more. And and uh, Curtis, maybe even longer than that, because I don't know that we overlapped. But uh, <laughs> it's great to have you here and sharing your experiences with, with Nelson. I guess one thing I'm I'm always kind of interested in, maybe we can end on this, is knowing Nelson, and he asks a lot about this, like what makes you interested in his story and what makes you want to share it or talk about it? Because I feel like 
you know, there's a lot of problems in the world, and a lot of times people wonder why should we care about what's happening in in Rwanda or you know Egypt or wherever. And I've gotten my own reasons for for caring about Nelson's story, and you guys do too. But I, I just like I like to get into that a little, and and uh, because I feel like it is important, and I like to hear from other people why. So mm-hmm. and I ask that question of like what matters and and why like. Curtis, I know you didn't get to share this on on the podcast yet, but you had Nelson come to your school and give a pre- presentation, and yeah. he made quite an impact. And I just kind of want to know, like, why do you feel like people should know about this story and care about this story? Sure. On one level, there there are so many documentaries being made, and everyone and anyone can, with the advent of YouTube, they can they can have their stories out there, but. I do think one of the reasons why we should care is that I, I, I very firmly believe in the art of the documentary. I mean, there's, there's the story, and I think, John, this is a big credit to you in working with Nelson on this because the, the documentary we've seen so far is very high art, in my opinion. I think it's just so well made because there's, right, there's a ton of video out there. There's endless mm-hmm. content. Most of it is a very poor quality. Um, what would you say? Work. I guess I'd jump in and say, like, what at your school when you showed it? What were the the moments or the themes that people reacted to that they related to? Would be my my question. Yeah, you know? they um, the students, and and so the 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 block with Nelson it was about. It was, uh, they ranged between the two periods, one was with all girls, one was with all boys because of some scheduling issues. As a, as a Spanish teacher and, I've also, and, and a history teacher, I've taught both there. I, I wanted to give a little background into the El Salvadorian Civil War and just sort of Central America uh, because it's something that, that just, the layers of history to that story, it's just, it's hard to get your head around for for a mm-hmm. typical American high school student. But they just wanted to know about the personal story. They kept asking, and again, this is about 40 minutes, 45 minutes, and the, and the clip itself was 10 minutes. There were a lot of questions on, how did you feel about this? What did you think about that? It was, it was, and it was all about the family. They, all, they wanted to know about, how did he, as we've been talking about, how did he feel about seeing his family? How did he feel about when he heard the news for the first time? What was it like to come back? That's what they were really interested in, high schoolers, as they think about their personal relationship. And the other thing we told to them was, and as, we, as Nelson wanted from this podcast, how he was typical, is we really tried to present it as he was one of them that he went mm-hmm. to both public school and independent school at Beaver Country Day, which is a mile down the street from where they were. He played against Dexter in lacrosse. Lacrosse was his favorite sport. Mm-hmm. So just to, for them, if they could imagine themselves, even if, even if their skin was, you know, was a slightly different shade, but everything about their life was, was as is, and then they heard some news that just took their world and just, inverted it it just just completely turned it around thanks curtis how, how about you josh yeah you know the story it provides hope and i think a lot of people adults and children go through 
their own path, their own issues. And this story does show the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, mm -hmm. And now that the light only gets brighter from here. And to have someone that you know tell the story and brings truth and reality to it, which you don't always get. And his story is so personal, and yet so many people can relate bits and pieces of it to themselves. And it's that string of inspiration and hope that it gives other people makes it so interesting. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of one of the things that are needed to hear from the good and the bad side. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much for, uh, for being on this with us. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, and again, I can't, um, I'm really honored to be included because it's not like, I'm not a, I'm not a camp day legend or anything, although I'm surrounded <laughs> by a lot of people that are. And so it's really cool that this story came out of camp. It's kind of neat. Just, it's kind of neat too. Like for people who don't know about the camp we went to, like they have three units, one for like little kids, one for like preteen and then teenagers so it's midget junior senior and we we each were saw him at in in one of those three categories so that's kind of kind of neat it is and and also yeah. to bookend it where i was his first counselor and then josh you literally experienced the time of his re of his uh discovery and reunion so that's it's, yeah i'm just psyched I'm just, I'm sorry to keep going. I'm just psyched to be involved with you guys, to be involved with camp people. I just, it's just, it's just in our, in our regular lives, we can get so busy that we can forget about some really good times. All right. Well, thanks so much. Yeah. Nelson, are you back? I am back. I, right. I caught the, the tail end of that. And uh, I, I just wanted to say thank you as well, both for, for being here and uh, to everyone listening at home. Uh, we'll we'll see you next time. Go gray. <laughs> I cut it. I cut it. I still got I, it. I still got it. <laughs> Go <yeah>. gray. <laughs> and that's our show for this week. Thank you so much for listening, for being here with us. I truly hope you enjoyed it. And may I ask a small favor of you? Could you go back to the page where you are listening to this podcast and just hit share on Facebook, Twitter, or Tumblr, or wherever? It doesn't really matter. It's super easy to do, and it helps us spread the word about the film and the work that we're doing here. So thank you for that, and thank you for listening. I hope you have a great day, and I'll just leave you with these parting words. And that is simply, gray is okay, but green is supreme. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.